Welcome to the Fleet FYS podcast, the weekly podcast by Utilimark that reveals how you can make the most of your data for smarter fleet management. My name is Gretchen, and every week I'll be sharing with you not only over two decades worth of data insights, but some of the industry's hottest talking points and key metric analysis with the aim to help you better understand your fleet from every angle. Before we begin, if this is the first time you've heard our show, Thanks for stopping by. Once you finish today's episode, if you could take a few minutes to leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform, I would really appreciate it. Give us a rating, five stars, I hope, or tell us what you liked or leave us a comment or a question about what you've heard in today's episode. If we haven't yet covered a topic that you're interested in hearing more about, let us know. We would be happy to go over it in detail in a later episode. Let's dig in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Fleet FYI's podcast, which I hope is your go-to podcast for all things fleet management. Before we dive into today's episode, I would love to know if there's anything you guys would like to hear about on Fleet FYI's. I always love to take into account your feedback and what you guys are looking for. So if there's a challenge that you've been dealing with, a question you'd like answered, or a topic you'd like covered please send me an email at fleetfyis at utilimark, which is U-T-I-L-I-M-A-R-C.com, and you might just find it here on the show. And just remember, no topic in fleet is too big or too small for us. So I'm excited to see what you guys have to say. Now, without further ado, let's dig into the show. So today we'll be diving into the world of alternative fuels for fleets, but more specifically, the four major options that are used today or could potentially be used in a greater scale in the future. Yep, you guessed it. We are talking about petrol, diesel, compressed natural gas, otherwise known as CNG, and hydrogen. For my EV fans out there, don't worry, we'll cover that in another episode because there's too much to break down into this one alone. But today, I wanted to dive into the use cases, the technological evolution, infrastructure changes, vehicle adaptions, and the pros and cons of each fuel that we're looking at in this episode today. So let's start with the classic choice, petrol. It's the go-to fuel for not only most personal vehicles, I drive a petrol-powered vehicle and perhaps you do too, but fleets also. Petrol-powered engines are versatile, which means they offer great acceleration and a massive amount of power, which is perfect for urban deliveries and smaller vehicles. However, when it comes to sustainability, fleets that are powered by petrol aren't exactly the greenest option around, but we've known this for a while, right? Because their fuel emits CO2 and other pollutants that we've covered in depth in earlier episodes of Fleet FYI's, so if you haven't already listened to those, make sure you add those to the queue after this one wraps up. Now, diesel, on the other hand, is also a very common fuel that is used by fleets and consumers alike. It's known for its fuel efficiency and its torque, which makes it ideal for heavy-duty trucks and long-haul transport. 
Diesel fleets have been the backbone of logistics for years, but they've come under scrutiny for their emissions, especially in recent years. Now, modern diesel engines, I would just like to point out, they're cleaner, but they're still not as eco-friendly as other options. But I think that is kind of obvious when we look at it, right? But I was told recently at the Utility Expo, which... Also, if you haven't listened to our recap on that show, it's a good one. You won't want to miss it. I was told at the Utility Expo that with modern diesel fuel, if you swipe a finger on the tailpipe, now it would probably be easier to see if you had like a white glove or a clean sleeve or something right on your finger, right? But it should come away clean. If not, there's a problem with the engine, not necessarily the fuel. So perhaps it's food for thought. I don't know what you think about that. Let me know. I'd love to hear what you have to say. But I want to move on to CNG after this, which is also known as compressed natural gas. Again, we've been over this in previous episodes, but it's abundant and it emits fewer pollutants compared to petrol and diesel alone. Now, it's especially popular for public transit and refuse trucks. And to adopt CNG, vehicles require modified engines and high pressure storage tanks. Building CNG refueling infrastructure can be a challenge, but it's getting easier as the demand grows. Cities primarily, at least the one that I live in, they're using this technology a lot. I see it in garbage trucks. I see it in mass transit buses. And it's going to be really interesting to monitor how the landscape changes for this fuel use as time progresses. Now for what I'll call the fun fuel, hydrogen, it's the new kid on the block. It's incredibly clean, emitting only water vapor when it's burned. Hydrogen fuel cells are gaining traction in fleets, especially by way of fire trucks. There's a couple that are being piloted in the U.S. as we speak, but also for long-haul trucking and buses, too. So these vehicles use a chemical process to generate electricity, and refueling is quite similar to petrol or diesel. It's done from a pump. However, hydrogen infrastructure is still sparse in many areas and the costs are incredibly high. And as I'm sure you know, this can create a massive barrier when it comes to fleet adoption. What I'm really excited for, though, is how we'll start to see the use of this fuel transform the industry. It might take about five to ten years, but there's a lot of promise, which I think is really cool. It always it makes me fascinated to understand just how the fuel landscape is changing, especially as we're starting to see even with diesel, Pro-diesel fleets, great. Now they're starting to look at renewable and biodiesel options as well. So it's not just the traditional diesel that you hear about, and it's not just traditional petrol. There's a lot of other fuel options that are out there. infrastructure, that's a major factor for fleet adoption of these new fuel types. Petrol and diesel have a well-established refueling network worldwide. That should come as no surprise to anyone. And CNG and hydrogen, on the other hand, require a build-out of specialized refueling stations, which aren't as common worldwide. Now, this can be very costly and incredibly time-consuming, but it's essential if widespread adoption is actually going to happen. The question is, 
For infrastructure this complex and expensive, do fleets rely on public infrastructure or is it more profitable to create a refueling network within their own yards? Each fleet is different, of course, but I don't think we're at a point yet where we can definitively say that public or private infrastructure is better. It fully depends on the prices of the fuel and how they fluctuate over the coming years, but also the actual use cases of the vehicle and if there are enough to justify internal infrastructure rather than relying on a public network. But what about when it comes to changes to vehicles? Now, petrol and diesel engines are quite similar, with diesel engines needing some extra emissions control technology. This we already knew. CNG vehicles require modifications for high pressure storage and fuel delivery. And hydrogen fuel cell vehicles are the most different, needing fuel cells, hydrogen storage tanks, and electric drivetrains. Now, I know I threw a lot of information at you, but what I really want to do is summarize quickly the pros and cons of each fuel type, just to give you a couple of takeaways from this episode. So let's start with petrol. The pros are simple. Petrol is readily accessible at nearly every gas station, making it very convenient for fleet operators, whether you have internal infrastructure or external public infrastructure. The engines are versatile and suitable for a wide range of vehicle types and sizes, and they also tend to provide quick acceleration and responsiveness, which is beneficial for urban deliveries and passenger vehicles. Some of the cons are obvious, so petrol engines emit carbon dioxide, CO2, and other pollutants contributing to air pollution and climate change, and they're generally less fuel efficient than diesel engines, which can increase operational costs for larger fleets. When it comes to diesel, Diesel engines are known for their fuel efficiency and their high torque, which makes them ideal for heavy-duty trucks and long-haul transport. They're known for their durability and their longevity, which means that they can reduce maintenance costs over time, and they also have a longer driving range compared to petrol vehicles alone. Now, the downsides for diesel are very similar to petrol. Historically, they have emitted very high levels of nitrogen oxide, and particulate matter as well, which leads to air quality concerns. I mean, does anyone remember the school buses driving down your road in the morning? The next point here also relates to that, but the smell was super overwhelming. Now, diesel engines can also be noisier and produce more vibrations compared to petrol engines. So back to the school bus point, does anyone else remember hearing them in the morning waking you up at 6.45 or 7.15 every day? For me, it still happens, but You know what I mean? (laughs) So basically what I'm trying to get at here is that, you know, it's not just the sound, it's not just the particulate matter, but modern diesel engines also require complex emission control systems, which add to the upfront cost and maintenance requirements. Now, if we look at CNG, CNG produces fewer greenhouse gas emissions and pollutants compared to petrol and diesel, which contributes to improved air quality. It's a natural gas, and because of this, it's abundant in many regions, which potentially offers a more stable and cost-effective fuel source for fleets. It can also be more cost-effective than petrol or diesel in some areas due to lower fuel prices, and also depending on the use case. You know, if you're never using the vehicle and you stock up on cheap fuel, it still ends up being more expensive than a regularly used vehicle where you're able to buy the, the fuel in bulk, right? Now... What I really want to emphasize here is that building a CNG refueling infrastructure network can be expensive, and it can be time-consuming, similar to hydrogen. It limits its availability in some regions because of this, but also sometimes some regions can't access it because they can't import it. That is also a challenge that is not often noted, especially when you look at island regions like Hawaii, for example. 
Now, some vehicles, or actually all vehicles, need engine modifications and high-pressure storage tanks to use CNG, which also increases upfront costs. Now, CNG vehicles may have a shorter driving range compared to traditional fuels due to the need for bulky storage tanks. You know, more weight on the back of the vehicle doesn't go as far. But the thing is, is that it does provide a massive opportunity for fleets that are looking to go green but aren't quite ready to invest in electric infrastructure. Now, the last one we have up today is hydrogen. And though it's newer to the market, most people that like hydrogen do so because hydrogen fuel cell vehicles produce only water vapor as exhaust, which makes them one of the cleanest options that's currently available on the market, although it still does have a long way to go. Refueling hydrogen vehicles is relatively quick, similar to petrol or to diesel, and hydrogen vehicles can have a long driving range, which makes them incredibly suitable for long-haul transport. Yet still, hydrogen refueling stations are currently limited in number, and they're primarily located in urban areas, which restricts their adoption. And of course, you know, if you don't have any in rural areas, you won't see any there. But these fuel cell vehicles are also expensive to manufacture and purchase, although as similar to electric vehicles, costs can decrease as the technology advances. Another con is that production can be energy intensive and often relies on fossil fuels, which offsets some of its environmental benefits. But another thing to note, too, is that with these highly pressurized tanks, in order to store all this hydrogen fuel, you do have that added risk of some safety when it comes to if a vehicle crashes. What happens to highly pressurized gas? Well, if you look back at Chemistry 101, what happens to highly pressurized gas when it comes to a big impact and then has a spark? It can explode. So there are some safety concerns as well, but that really just goes to show that although it's a new technology and it's being piloted right now, there are still a lot of improvements that need to happen before it's a viable option for consumers and fleets alike to use on a wider scale. Now, what I want you to remember is that the choice of fuel for your fleet should align with your specific operational needs, your environmental goals, and the availability of infrastructure in your region. As technology advances and sustainability becomes even more critical, the landscape of fleet f- fuels will continue to evolve. It'll happen. Just as we continue to get older and vehicles continue to change their use cases, it'll happen. And I'm excited to see it. But I would love to know if there's any questions that you have. Are you curious to learn more about cleaner diesel options? Are you curious to learn more about CNG or hydrogen or how this ever-changing fuel landscape will change the face of fleet as we know it? Please let me know. You can send me an email. You can tag me on LinkedIn. You can use the hashtag UtilamarkFleetFYIs. Or you can send me a carrier pigeon because you know just how much I love that. But Again, I would love to hear from you. Plus, if you have any other questions or any other show topics you would like to have covered, please do let me know. But before I forget, I do just want to remind you, if you haven't already, I would love if you could leave us a review and a rating on your favorite podcasting platform. Hopefully it's five stars. But in short, it'll really help me out. And it'll also really, really help out folks like you that are really trying to find our show. So if you wouldn't mind, I'd love if you could leave us a rating and a review. My favorite platforms are Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but I would love if you could choose the platform that you like to listen on the most. Anyways, that is all from me this week. I will catch you next week on another episode of Fleet FYI. Ciao. Hey there, it's me again. 
I think it's time to cue the virtual high five because you've just finished listening to another episode of the Fleet FYI's podcast. If you're already wanting more on all things fleet and vehicle technology, head over to utilimark.com, which is utilimark with a C, U-T-I-L-I-M-A-R-C.com for this episode's show notes and extra insights coming straight from our analyst to you. That's all from me this week. So until next time, I'll catch you later.